Good morning and welcome to Ask the Expert. Ask the Expert is an award-winning daily series from 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. to help small businesses just like you. If you have any questions, ask them in the comments of the live feed. If you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Experts like myself are on hand 24-7. During the live session, we'll be running a poll, so please do engage with it, and I'll reveal the results at the end. Okay, so first of all, who am I? My name is Aaron Patrick, and it's a pleasure to be with you again. I'm a chartered accountant and also a QuickBooks certified trainer with a fancy new logo. You might just be able to see it behind me. So if you have any questions regarding, regarding QuickBooks, then please do ask them today. Uh, I can also I also own a state-of-the-art accounting firm called Boffix, which uses the best in cloud technology to be able to help small businesses look at crucial real-time information at their fingertips. If you require accounting advice, payroll, bookkeeping service, and even QuickBooks training, then please do get in touch. We don't want small businesses to thrive to survive but thrive i also dedicated quickbooks youtube channel called aaron patrick the quickbooks chat so if you have any more quickbooks news and advice and why not go over to give the channel a follow okay enough about me and let's focus on today's session as always today's session is all about you and your burning questions if you have a question then please use any of the social channels to get in touch so while we wait for the first of the questions to arrive I suppose the thing I need to say, first of all, is a big shout out to the England team last night. Not the result we all hoped, but such a cruel manner to lose, but a massive well done to the team as a whole. Getting us this final and giving us so much of a great journey to enjoy. That first half showed us all how good the team has been and what should have been the memories for us to cherish for the final. So don't forget about that first half. And don't forget the next World Cup is only a year and a half away. And it's a very, very different World Cup. It's going to be a winter, so who knows? That could be the perfect tonic for our particular team. Um, so it's uh, if anything else, having the opportunity for us to celebrate for Christmas 2020 could be a really nice attraction for MTD at the very least. Okay, so speaking of big changes and Europe, my topic for today and to make you all aware is what happened on the 1st of July 2021 because the EU made some major changes to the VAT rules. This change will affect shipments to the EU and these made between EU countries. The EU is removing that €22 Euro VAT exemption for imports, which means that from July, VAT will be charged on imports to EU regardless of value. So that's currently happening now. With the exemption of the 22 euro no longer applying, that, needs, that means we need to make sure that our accounting for these changes are correct. And we also need to make sure we're complying when we're selling to EU. So let's break down those changes and make sure that your business isn't going to be affected too badly. VAT will apply on the rate of the buyer's country of resident. And be aware it's not the same for every country. So there's a huge change there. The fact that depending on what country you sell to, you're going to have to apply the VAT based on that country. When importing goods valued 150 euros or less, businesses will be able to charge VAT at the point of sale by using EU's new import one-stop shop or known as IOSS. This excludes goods subject exercise duty. Alternatively, if you still collect, uh, alternatively, it can still be collected from the receiver, but you're going to have to go through the whole rigmarole of being able to actually get the receiver to actually collect and pay the dues as they come through. 
But the iOSS is designed to make the process much smoother. And in reality, and what we're seeing from our clients, is it should make a better buying experience for your customers. Helping to avoid unexpected customs and carry admin fees for your customers. If you think about your own buying experience, no one likes to receive that slip that tells you you need to pay those duties. So the whole idea of this new change is to get rid of having to pay those import duties when they come into the country and give the chance for the buyer the opportunity to know exactly how much that product's going to cost them and they pay their VAT or whatever um, their equivalent of VAT is going to be in at the time they make the purchase. So it should be a much better buying experience going forward. Furthermore, EU is changing the distance selling VAT threshold regime. Until now, or until before July, should I say, EU businesses had to register VAT in each individual EU country in which they sold goods. But the different there was it was only when you got to the certain threshold so each individual country had their own threshold and if you didn't hit those thresholds you didn't have to worry about it at all but now unfortunately that changed and this threshold has been removed and the rate must be charged from the first sale however businesses can choose to um however businesses can choose to close the VAT registration in different EU countries and file it sales through single one-stop shop, as we mentioned before. VAT should be paid to the home VAT authority of the EU country registration, then forwarded to the relevant EU countries of the buyers. So instead of having to have those individual VAT registrations in each individual VAT country, you will have the opportunity to just do one VAT return for the whole of the EU. And then the idea is you declare on which VAT you've actually taken for those particular periods and for those particular countries. And then once you've paid over to that return, they will pay to the individual countries on your behalf. VAT should be paid to the Home Authority of the EU country of registration, then forwarded, as I said. There is an exception for EU businesses that sells less than 10000 per annum, cross-border on business-to-business consumer goods and services. So instead of having that 85000 35000 depending on the individual, now we have a £10,000, but the problem is that it's spread over the whole of the EU. These businesses can charge their domestic VAT and report sales in the usual domestic VAT return, The big news, though, and the one that's going to affect the most of our clients and the most of the people watching here is that in the UK, the online marketplaces will collect VAT rather than the sellers. So if you think about eBay, Amazon, Etsy, all those type of online marketplaces, it's going to be very different in the way that we record VAT going forward. For business-to-consumer transactions made through online marketplaces, like eBay, for example, the VAT liability collecting and reporting for sales in EU countries will fall on the marketplace rather than the third-party sellers who use it, so rather than the businesses like you and me. If the consignment is valued less than €150, the marketplace will be recognised as a supplier. This applies for both domestic and cross-border transactions. So the good news is that the Ebays, Amazons and the online marketplaces will be doing this hard work for us. So they will effectively be adding on the VAT to whatever you're trying to sell and they will collect the VAT in those individual countries and they will then deal with the actual administration side of things which is great news for businesses. Be warned, though, it means that businesses using online marketplaces 
may be able to end their VAT registration in EU member states as they will no longer be responsible for collecting and reporting VAT. And you do need to be really careful about the guidelines that have been given by the online marketplace as well. Because from the online marketplace, the fact that you're selling via their platform means that when you send those items out, when you actually send the item from the UK to the EU, then you really need to make sure that you follow their guidelines. Because the VAT has already been collected on the sale of the item, the IOSS number for the marketplace must be on all the products that you're shipping, and this info must be there electronically. Otherwise, the buyer will be charged for import duties and end up paying for the VAT twice because they've already paid that VAT up front. And as you can imagine, that's not a great buying experience. So make sure you follow all the rules and regulations and all the information provided by the online marketplace to ensure that you don't end up having, or your customer end up being charged VAT twice. So huge change and even posting of your transaction to QuickBooks needs to be considered carefully going forward. But don't worry though, both my YouTube channels, so that's the Aaron Patrick, the QuickBooks chap, and Boffix Tactics, already have videos on this topic. And if you get subscribed, we have some more videos coming along. So why not go over and give them a follow? Right, there's a lot to take in and a lot, especially for a first part of a um, Monday morning. Um, so let's get to my favorite part of the show and our first questions of the day. Remember, if you have any burning questions, get them asked in the comment section of the video and get yourself involved. Okay, so the first question that came in from, was, was from Denise from Instagram da, Direct Message. Great show, Aaron, Aaron. Probably an obvious question, but how do you set up recurring payment collections on QuickBooks? Great first question there, Dennis. Uh, Denisha, I say thank you for the question itself. Um, so one of the things to remember about QuickBooks Online is that the idea there is it's supposed to give you the opportunity to make it really efficient for you to run your business. One of the things that we like about QuickBooks Online and the reason we always push QuickBooks Online itself is about all the little nuances inside there which helps your business be able to grow and be able to give you the opportunity that you don't have to worry about the business itself in terms of the bookkeeping, and you can concentrate on actually running the business and growing that business. And one of the reasons why QuickBooks is so popular is little, little elements like this. So what Denise is talking about here is about the idea of having recurring payments. And if you think about what a recurring payment is, it's the ability that instead of you having to manually put in a payment, say, each and every month. So imagine that you've got something that you want to show each and every month, or you've got an invoice that you need to send out each and every month. Now, instead of having to set a diary reminder, going in and collecting and putting that transaction in manually, you can set QuickBooks to automatically deal with recurring payments. And that's exactly what Denise is asking here. Now, for that to happen and for us to have the ability to go in and put those recurring payments in, all you need to do, first of all, is go into a transaction, post that transaction to QuickBooks, and then you'll notice at the very bottom of the transaction, you'll have the option for more. If you click on that more button, it will bring up the opportunity there to have set recurring payment, and you can put that in from there. So once you've gone in and set the recurring payments up, all you need to do is give the information that's required for when it needs to recur. So is it on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, daily basis? You can get control that completely. You can also control for how long that's going to be recurring for. 
and then you can press save recurring. Now, one thing to remember about recurring transactions is they will only appear in the future. So you can't use this as an opportunity to go backwards and fill in any gaps or anything like that. But what you can use that for is an opportunity to go forward, making sure going forward that all those transactions are posted correctly. So use the recurring feature to go in there and make transactions recurring if you've got items or transactions that you want to make sure carry on going forward. And as another pro tip for you as well, if you go to your company cog in the top right-hand corner, go to lists and all lists, you'll see there's an option there to see recurring transactions. And it's that list there that you can go in and you can look at the transactions you've already got that are set recurring, make any adjustments if you need to, delete them or pause them, whatever you need to do them, but that's under your company cog lists and recurring transactions. Hopefully that's answered your question and hopefully that is an option for you, Denise, to go out there and actually find ways to save time within QuickBooks and make QuickBooks work for you. I love recurring transactions and highly recommend them going forward. Um, Samira from Facebook Messenger asks, I'm new to QuickBooks and confused about how to record fuel. Is there a standard way to do it? No need for per mile, et cetera, as a vehicle of hours. So just a case of recording the individual transaction and attaching copies of receipts. Great question here. So again, kind of similar to that same kind of format as what the first question about. It's about ways in which QuickBooks can really save you time. Now, you've got two ways of doing this, in my opinion. The first one is if you pay for the transaction via your bank account, so maybe credit card or by debit card, however it's going to be, Apple Pay, whatever way you want to make that payment, then you can actually make that payment and wait for it to appear in your bank account and then post the transaction there. The beauty of doing that is that prevents you or should stop you from making any errors because the amount, the date, the time, all that sort of stuff will come through electronically. And all you need to do is assign that to the right category. Now, from a category point of view, depending on what works for you, one of the things I always say about categories is the most important thing is that it makes sense for you. Don't worry too much about your account and how your accountant will see it or what it's going to appear. Most important is if you assign a category, does it make sense to you? Is that going to give you some information that's going to be vital to your business going forward? So if you need to understand how much fuel you're spending per car or what vehicle it is, then don't be afraid to split them into categories that kind of work for you. Either way, pick a category that suits. So motor expenses, motor fuel, something along those lines, going to give you the opportunity to post it against there. Once you've done that, if you've VAT registered, you're then going to have to choose a VAT rate. 20% is the correct VAT rate if you are um, VAT registered. And if you are able to collect that VAT, then you can put that against it. And all you need to do then is add the transaction directly from the bank. Now, at this point, then you haven't actually attached a fuel receipt to it. So you've got options there. You can actually go into the transaction and add the tra add receipt, take a photo maybe on your phone, put it in there, add it from there. But my biggest tip would be to actually use the QuickBooks app. So the QuickBooks app has some wonderful features to make your life easier. But one of the best features on there is the snap receipt option. From there, all you do is you grab your mobile phone, you open up the app, you take the photo of your receipt and it will then do all the hard work for you. What QuickBooks does cleverly is it actually extracts all that information from the receipt. So the date, the amount, the place that it was paid for from all that information and it'll actually process that without you having to type that information in. 
Now, if you've already processed that transaction, it gives you a chance to match it against that transaction. So basically applying that photo to it and making any adjustments if needs to. Or if you've never put that transaction before, maybe it's petty cash, maybe it's from a credit card you haven't got connected to QuickBooks or your own personal credit card, for example, then what you'll have the opportunity to do is add that transaction directly from that photo as well. And finally, if you are going through your bank account and you have a transaction and you've already taken a photo of it, QuickBooks will cleverly actually attach that transaction to um, the transaction on the bank account, meaning that when you go to process that and add that transaction, you're then going to have the opportunity to see that exact receipt as well. Really, really clever system. Works really, really well. Highly, highly recommend utilizing that um, feature. So go into your app, download it, and um, use that stat receipt function. You'll find it right on that front page of the app. And I promise you'll make your life so much easier. Um, hopefully that's answered your question. So Yusufa from Instagram DM asks, I'm a sole trader doing digital services. One of my semi-regular clients is based in Italy. Does the changes to VAT affect me? Uh, me uh, does, the VAT, does changes to VAT affect me and this contract? And if so, what do I need to do? Well, there's two bits to this one. The good news is that there's no changes from the 1st of July for you personally. The bad news is that your changes happened a while ago. So digital services were actually the first to come under the whole one-stop shop regime. So all of your way that you've been dealing with VAT in the past is still going to be relevant today. Um, digital services are treated in a much different way. Um, than the goods that we're talking about today or the, the changes that came into July, should I said. Um, and basically from a digital services point of view, they were kind of the pioneers, if you like, in the way that we're dealing with these transactions. So in principle, exactly the same as what we're talking about. It's the country that you sell the item in. It's the item that's going to have the VAT element to it, where there is a one-stop shop option um, um, where you can actually declare it, put it all onto one tax return and submit it that way, making your life so much easier than what it used to be before One Stop Shop, where you'd have to register yourself in, in the Italian VAT um, scheme if you were above over their thresholds, um, but now you don't have the opportunity to go in there. So yeah, it's going to be um, a different experience going forward. But I think actually with the changes that we've got, once we've got a head round and once we've got around that new administration, um, it's probably going to be an easier way for businesses to understand the system because there'll be a lot less complications than there was before. It's a lot straightforward, a lot less means, a lot less competition. Um, you're not competing against businesses who aren't VAT registered, for example, uh, if you are VAT registered. So, you know, let's look at the positives of this and let's see how that works going forward. Uh, Lisa, uh, hopefully I'll answer your question. Lisa on Twitter DM asks, is there a flat flat VAT rate for all of the EU or does each country have its own one? And if so, is there any way of all this information available in one place? Wonderful question there, Lisa. So the reason Lisa's asking this question is because going forward, every time you sell something to a member of an EU country, then you're going to have to apply the VAT for goods and services, uh, goods on the actual country that they're from. So if they're from I won't say Italy, let's pick another one. If they're from Spain, France, Germany, um, any of those different countries, then you'll have to choose the VAT of those particular ones. And also, unfortunately, Lisa, it isn't a flat rate. It's all dependent on their own individual ones. Now, most of them have got the same percentages. 
Um, but what you'll find is in from country to country, there'll be certain items where, yes, there'll be VAT at, at the standard rate in one, but maybe they're exempt in another, and it can be a, a little bit of a minefield. This is one of the reasons why actually doing the whole, um, uh, uh, using an eBay marketplace or an online marketplace, should I say, like eBay is making life so much easier because obviously they're going to deal with those complications. They're going to have all the data needed to be able to make sure it's done correctly. Now, if you're not using online marketplace, I would highly recommend jumping over to the gov.uk website. There's some really good um, insights into there, really good bits. That's what we've been using to try and get the right advice to our clients um, and be able to go from there. It is going to be something as well where we think that apps are going to be really useful going forward. So we are keeping an eye on the app store for quickbooks.com uh, or www.apps.com, should I say, for QuickBooks, because we think it's going to be an app that's going to really push forward. And we, we started to see some of them coming through now. So again, if you keep an eye on my, um, my, my YouTube channel, as soon as they come through, we'll be doing reviews of them and getting them all set up correctly it's not going to be an easy one um it's going to be a, um, a quite a, a, a tricky change for, for a lot of people but yeah we just need to make sure that we're all dealing with it in the right way so hopefully that's answered your question there lisa uh, cyan on instagram is the next question in and asks so if we're selling amazon ebay and etsy we don't need to worry about the vat stuff why are they responsible and not us and if it's something we need to prepare for what do you recommend us check in Great question there, Cyan. So first of all, the it is actually a really good thing that Amazon, Etsy, and eBay are going to be dealing with the VAT. And if you think about the reason why they're such a huge corporation that they can't really afford to, for, for, to have it for their individual buyers to make mistakes and issues and everything else, it makes a lot more sense that they build the infrastructure and the systems in place so that something as complex as this can get dealt with in a more efficient manner. That being said, there are things that you need to make sure that you're doing. First of all, if you're selling on these platforms, make sure, 100% make sure that you are making sure that your items that you're selling are with the VAT separate to it. So on all of these platforms, you get a choice to decide that if you put an item on there, is it plus VAT or less VAT? Now, if you put there as a gross item, then what's going to happen is you've already applied your domestic rate of VAT. So you've put your 20% UK VAT on top. And then all that's going to happen is that marketplace is then going to add their own VAT on top of that. Now, technically, your item isn't going to be subject to UK VAT. So all you're going to be doing in that instances is going to be inflating your prices and adding 20 or whatever the, the buyer's VAT on top of it. And it's going to make your item very, very, very uncompetitive compared to the rest of the market. So make sure going forward that on all these marketplaces, if you are VAT registered, that you are putting your items in net of VAT so that Amazon, Etsy, eBay, all of those platforms can add the VAT on for you if it's in the UK or outside the UK um, and they can make sure it's done correctly. If you do it the other way, again, you're going to make yourself very uncompetitive for the for the um, outside market, uh, for the EU market, should I say. And it is a market that a lot of businesses are finding a lot of good traction from. So yeah, do make sure that you're setting everything up. Now, one of the good things is about, especially eBay, we've done a lot of work with eBay lately. Um, and one of the good things is, is they've made some tools available in their, um, in their marketplace where you can quickly and easily update all your listings 
to make sure that they're net of VAT. And then you can ask eBay to add the VAT on for you um, going forward. So it is going to make your life easier. It is going to make it so that you can have it from there. One of the also um, peculiar things about this as well is from a VAT return point of view, when you technically are selling your items to EU, you're not technically selling to the EU anymore, to the end consumer. You're technically selling to that marketplace. And the VAT transaction there means that you don't want to be including VAT on that transaction when you sell to the marketplace, because remember, they then add the VAT on for their domestic VAT going forward. So yeah, it is one of those things where there is going to be a bit of a slight weirdness around it, especially when you do your first couple of VAT returns and everything else. But again, my YouTube channels and also each of those individual platforms have some really good content on them um, in terms of how they're dealing with it, how they want to go forward, how they can make sure that when you do send the item out that you've got that right IOSS number on it so that your end customer doesn't get charged for import duty and get charged for the VAT when they pay for it. So there's a lot of really good content on there. So I highly recommend YouTube. Um, from Amazon, eBay, and Etsy, and all those sort of ones, so that you can make sure you're on top of it. Uh, Zach on Facebook Messenger asks, I'm a graphic designer. I went freelance about two years ago. At first, I kept my rate card low, so I was competitive. Now I have a steady flow of work, and I'd like to raise my rates. Are there any tax, tax implications for this? And how do I go about do about without scaring off clients oh this is a really good topic here zach and one of these ones where you know it's where value added becomes one of the really biggest um elements to talk about here because rate adding rates is always going to be a difficult conversation topic and it's one of those that when you actually talk to clients it is something that is very very of a kind of a scare factor when it comes to being in your own business about increasing your rates about talking about anything to do with money but it is a really important topic now one of the things that we find and we 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 find that our business our clients really um uh, appreciate and it's something that they've they've used quite a lot is about maybe instead of just increasing those rates is think about how you can find ways to put add-ons to those rates to make it so that although you know you're asking your um, clients to pay for additional services but making sure those services are something that actually is going to be worthwhile that way you, you can kind of almost inflate your rates without inflating the rates on them initially so we're for a freelance designer for example we would look about maybe putting things like um um, putting some like if they want the you know the final product in a particular format then it's x amount on top of it and just having it so there's more of a kind of additional features on there it can be a really easy way of being able to increase your rates without physically increasing them obviously at some point though you do need to go through that conversation and talking about it and bringing them in so it is something that i would highly recommend just having conversations give reasons for it why are you doing it bring that now you haven't mentioned that if you're vat registered or not becoming vat registered that can be a really good time to be able to review your rates you know people expect that once you've transitioned from non-vat registered to vat registered your business is changing the whole way in which your business is is going to change so having a rates change at that point is something that can become quite useful to you the other thing i'd say is that there isn't any tax implications as such in terms of raising your rates or bringing from there just be aware that hopefully fingers crossed you'll be applying more profit and if that is the case then that should be what drives 
more taxes your way. But that's not a bad thing. At the end of the day, having more profit means that your company is going in the right direction. You've got the money coming in for growth and gives you the opportunity to be able to make sure that you can put that money into the right way, into making your business not just survive, but thrive. So highly, highly recommend that you push um, push forward to try and find a way of those, those, those three options that I've just talked about. So either putting add-ons, if you're not VAT registered, think about maybe it's time to go VAT registered. That can be a good conversation topic for praising them. Or it's just a case of being upfront, honest. And at the end of the day, you know, the clients that really love your work and have stayed with you for a long time, they're going to, um, you know, they're going to stay with you even with a rate increase. They're probably expecting it, to be honest, because you're doing good work for them. So, you know, you have that conversation with them. All right, with that then, unfortunately, that was the last of my questions that I can get through today. We've come to the end of today's session. Um, while we were talking through there, you guys were there answering the poll question we put in front of you. The poll results were in as follows. Does your business sell products outside the UK? 75% of you say yes, where 25% of you said no. Um, and really, you know, just be aware of the changes that come in. A lot of people should be already aware of them. Um, there was a lot of good um, uh, knowledge that was put out beforehand. But I think this is one of those changes that a lot of people also wasn't aware of. Um, and I just think you just need to make sure that you've got everything available to you ready for selling to EU. Um, it could be really costly if you get these these not correct. So yeah, if you are selling outside the UK, please, please, please do do some research on the IOSS and uh, make sure that your company is going to be compliant going forward. All right. With that then, it's just left me to say thank you for all tuning in this morning. If you want to get in contact with me and send any messages, then please do at hello at boffix.com. I love answering your questions, especially the QuickBooks related ones. Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow, we've got a regular that's absolutely brilliant. Simon Squibb, entrepreneur, angel investor, and founder of Proposal Project. Um, tune in to find out the difference between business and personal branding. I certainly will be tuning in tomorrow. Um, I know this is a high topic at the moment, especially with everything that's going on with social media and pushing your own brands and everything else. I think there'll be some really good insights there from Simon himself. A reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit SMB community group here on Facebook, counting the business experts just like myself are on hand 24-7. Finally, we stood by England throughout their success of the tournament, so let's make sure we stand by Saka, Sancho and Rasford and the rest of the team. See you all in the next video. I've really enjoyed answering your questions. Have a great day and bye for now.